signed with Montreal all the way through 2013 with only those three cups of coffee in the major leagues. Um, I mean, I think once you get get up to the big leagues, I mean, it's a it's a pretty uh, pretty good thing. So, I mean, that that'll keep you going. I mean, early on in my career, I mean, just just having the opportunity to play professional baseball after college, I mean, I thought that was pr- pretty good. And then getting up to the big leagues in 2006, and um, you know, I had some some injuries during during some of the the mo- probably some of the prime years of my career, and that yeah. kind of messed some things up with the Nationals. And then um, you know. Signing, signing with multiple teams with their triple-A teams. So um, you're right there going to big league camp. Had, had a chance with most of those teams to get to the big leagues if, if things worked out. But, um, no, I mean, I was just fortunate to play for 12 seasons and, and tried to enjoy every moment of it. And you pitched in 06, 08, and 11 with the Nationals. So which managers did you pitch for there? So I played with uh, Frank Robinson my, fir- my my first season in 2006, and then Manny Acta was the manager in 08. Um, in the years after that, 2007 and 08, and I'm, I'm not sure how many years he was there. And then 2011, I was with the New York Mets, and Terry Collins was the was the manager then. Okay, I misread the thing. I thought it was all three were with the Nats. Okay, so interesting. Um, I'm wondering, do you still have, I know you live in the area because we work on the Maryland State Athletic Hall of Fame work together, and I do want to talk about the event coming up, but do you still have much affinity for the Nats? Has this been a special run for you as a former player that played for the organization? Definitely. I mean, I was with the team in the the early years when we, we didn't have a huge fan base. I mean, it was basically an expansion team, and then to see... I mean, my daughter's six years old to, to go over to her school and see kids wearing Nats, <laughs> Nats hats and yeah. shirts and all that stuff right now is, is pretty exciting. I live right outside of D.C. in Bethesda, so close close by the city where there, there's a lot of baseball fans. So it's exciting to see how far baseball has come in D.C. since coming here in 2005. And then I have a lot of friends that still work with work with the team in different capacities, some coaches. Um, only one, only one current player that I played with is, is Ryan Zimmerman. So yep. it's good to see him have a, have a chance to potentially get to the world series in some of the last few, few years of his career. So it's, it's, it's pretty exciting to see. And yeah, I mean, I definitely still follow it and, and, um, excited, excited to see what happens this next couple of weeks. Could you tell back in 06 or 06, around 06, 07 that Zimmerman was going to be a special player? Definitely. I mean, on those teams in those years, I mean, we had a lot of older players, and he was probably one of the few bright spots where you looked at him like, this guy's going to be a 10- or 15-year player, probably make a few all-star teams and, and do really well for himself. So, I mean, you could you could tell. I mean, at that point, he was a really strong defender at third base. He's moved over to first base, but always always a good hitter and has uh, developed more power as he's got late, later in his career. We're talking with Michael O'Connor. Michael was a former Major League Baseball pitcher with the Washington Nationals and briefly with the New York Mets, and he remains in the area. Now, what do you do as your day job now, Michael? So I work um, as a with a insurance broker out in Montgomery County in Rockville. We work with business owners, um, some individuals, and we have a couple athletes, so pretty much able to work with a wide degree of people. We're a full service insurance broker, but I'm, I'm, I work in sales and try to try to help people find solutions for all their different insurance needs. Are you allowed to say the name of the company? 
Yeah, so I work for uh, Early Cassidy and Schilling. We're in Rockville, Maryland. All right. Just wanted to give you give them a plug if folks need uh, insurance. How can they reach Michael O'Connor? The best way probably to find me is probably either through my baseball page on Facebook or okay. on LinkedIn. Okay. All right, so that's the best way to reach you. Now, I wanted to get a couple minutes in to talk about what I think you feel the same way I do. We we put in it's not a um, a, a labor uh, intensive work, but it's something that we both love doing, and that's our membership on the board of the Maryland State Athletic Nominating Committee. Um, how long have you been on the committee? So I have been on the committee. This is my this is my third third year third event that I'm uh, helping out. So it's, I guess it's been three years, and I got into it into it through Steve Doherty, yep. who's also a, a GW alum and a good friend of mine who's the chairman. Yeah, Steve does a terrific job uh, running a lot of different egos and agendas and everything. Um, we've got a, a really, I think, a terrific class. This is my second year. I came in just before the 2017 dinner uh, was put on the board, uh, voted in, but I've this is my second year uh, of fully being a part of the nominating process. We've got this year former Maryland great Walt Williams going in, uh, Mark Teixeira, uh, who played his ball. What high school was he at? Was he at Arundel? Or? No, so we Mark and I actually graduated together out of Mount St. Joe in 1998. So that's we were right. The He's same ma- class and that, same year out of there. That's so. right. I don't know why I thought that. Mark Teixeira went to Mount St. Joe. Rob Schenk. A uh, former Towson lacrosse great, Ali Andrzejewski, who I'm proud to say that I nominated, is going in for her great work in soccer, both on the field and off the field. Steve Krulovitz, um, a tremendous local tennis player in the Baltimore area who made it to to play with the big boys. I mean, I'm not going to sit, sit here and tell you he won big tournaments or anything like that against the players he was up against, but he is certainly worthy of being in the Maryland State Athletic Hall of Fame. And then the late Jim Margraff, who coached at Johns Hopkins, his family will be there to honor Jim, who is going in as a John F. Stedman Award winner. And our legendary friend in the broadcast field, Tom Davis, will be going in. The event is November 7th. Um, What do you like about being on that committee, Michael? I mean, I think just growing up in Maryland and knowing the history of the state and all the great athletes that, that have come out of here, just to kind of give them um, some recognition for all that they've done and how they've represented. And I mean, I think my favorite thing is just hearing what all these people are doing now, all the great things that they, they're involved with. After their sports career, a lot of these people are involved with youth sports and giving back to kids. Um, obviously, they've all had amazing careers, but to see the stuff that they're doing after after their careers and some of them during their careers um giving back to the community a lot of them in the state of maryland still so it's 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 fun to be a part of it and it's 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 always a fun event you know you know what i find fascinating uh in agreement with you there is how successful and i don't just mean monetarily but how much of a success high level athletes can make of their lives uh, off the off the playing field. Does that yeah, hit, does that register with you as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I've been involved with youth baseball for for years, and just to 
kind of see the the influence that that a professional athlete that kids will look up to parents will listen to them and and just because of the success they've had and it it, it does really it does really make an impact and i think it's important that that people that have been successful in sports um make sure that they do continue to give back to the community we're we're looking at the event. Uh, Michael is going to be Thursday, November seventh at Martin's West. It starts at six o'clock. You get to kind of hobnob in a happy hour uh, with the athletes that are going in this year. Um, I think it's really a special event. This is the sixtieth induction ceremony, and it's going to take place at Martin's West. And again, the folks going in are Ali Andrzejewski for soccer. Steve Krulovitz for tennis, Rob Schenk for lacrosse, Mark Teixeira, of course, for baseball, Walt Williams for basketball, and the late Jim Margraff is going to be honored, uh, the former Johns Hopkins football coach who was a magnificent coach and human being. And, of course, everybody loves Tom. It's kind of like everybody loves Raymond. Everybody <laughs> loves Tom Davis. Um, the event, by the way, uh, tickets are $85, and you can go to MDS, MDSA, that's Maryland State Athletic, Hall of Fame.com. But it's all abbreviated, MDSAHOF.com. Um, turning back to baseball and the Nationals, uh, how closely have you watched these last couple games? I've wa- I've watched pretty closely the last the last few weeks. I mean, it, it came down to the wire for them making the playoffs, and they had the wild card game, and then you know it came down to five games with the Dodgers. So it's been it's been fun to watch. I like watching games that games that mean something and, and following the decisions that that the teams make in these type of games. I find it fascinating. I'm a huge Clayton Kershaw fan, but I think the Dodgers have got to stop kind of worshiping at the shrine of Clayton. Uh, I know he's a tremendous uh, uh, regular season pitcher, and that's nothing to sneeze at. This is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I don't know that I would have been counting on him in that situation the other night. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I've, I got to see him pitch a little bit this year. I mean, I, I would say he's he's very diminished from what he was three or four years ago. The, the fastball has lost, lost a couple miles an hour. I don't know if that's just being late in the season or coming pitching in relief. Um, so yeah, he's. I mean, on on paper it looks pretty good. You're bringing Clayton Kershaw in. I don't know how many Cy Youngs he's won, but um, it sounds good. But yeah, I, I don't think I don't think at this point moving forward they're gonna bring him in in those tight situations late late in uh, late in playoff games or, or or very important games like that. Yeah, and your thoughts on Annabelle Sanchez last night? Um, it's it's good to see a guy <laughs> go out there that's not uh, throwing 95, 96. That's it's painting the corners, mixing up all his pitches, just keeping guys off balance. I mean, that was more the type of pitcher that I was. So I really enjoy watching those guys more, kind of getting by, getting guys out with less, you know, kind of more with their mind than uh, just kind of outstuffing guys, um, which you see a lot of these days. The guys are just going out there throwing high 90s with a, with a good breaking ball and just kind of trying to overpower guys. So it's, I think it's fun seeing guys that are really pitching. I got a question for you about Clayton Kershaw. I know this may be sacrilege, but you, I get the sense that you kind of know you know pitching pretty well. His his overall motion 
is so deliberate and exaggerated. I'm wondering if at this point in his career, if he it wouldn't be wiser for him to go to a much shorter, quicker-to-the-plate delivery. you have any thoughts about that, or is that sort of so sacrilegious to talk about a first ballot Hall of Famer that could use some significant change to what he does? Um, I mean, I think that would be tough for him to kind of rebuild his delivery. I mean, usually what you see with guys is they kind of change how they pitch a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have to kind of pick at the corners a little more. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe he, maybe he uh, comes back next year and his velocity is back to where it is a few years ago. I mean, there's there's a lot of training out there that yeah. the guys have gone to that they've 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 been able to hold on to that velocity later in their careers than they used to be able to. So, um I don't think he's somebody that I would I would bet against at this point, and and I mean I would think that he's going to continue to work work hard and try to get himself back where he was a few years ago. Not that he not that he had a bad season. No, but. he was he was sixteen and five with an ERA just over three, but it's not he's diminished. You're you're correct in that. Yeah, yeah I mean I, I think I think with a guy like that, I mean I if I if I was giving him advice, I mean I would I wouldn't go <laughs> go back to the drawing board or anything yeah. like that. I mean I think. He's had so much success, um, but you are right. His delivery is kind of herky jerky and, and it's kind of in pieces. But um, I mean, it's not something that I would that you would really teach to somebody. But obviously, he's mastered that delivery. Yep, no question about um, it. So I, I mean, I think it's just a matter of him. You you just never you just never know with pitchers. I mean, really, the whole key is these guys being healthy. You don't know what he's pitching through if he's got. Yep. So you, you just it's it's really hard to say. So I mean, there were there was times in my career where I was I was very diminished, but I wasn't able to pitch effectively at that level unless I was 100. percent So somebody like him, he might have he might be working through something that that people aren't really really aware of at the end of the season and, and just really trying to help his team win. So, so you, bef- you don't know what's going on there. So before I let you go, you've been around uh, and and watched and been around some really top notch pitchers. Is Scherzer about as good as you've ever seen? When he's on, he definitely is because he's got the control of his fastball where he can he can put it on the corners, he can come up in the zone. He's got the curveball, he's got the slider, and then he's got the wipeout changeup. So I mean, he's got he's got pitches to get righties and lefties out. He's got the ability to strike somebody out when he whenever he needs to. So I mean, that's that's pretty tough, and he and he knows what he's doing out there. He he really studies the game. Um, I don't know him personally in, in any way, but right. just watching him since he's come over to the nationals, I mean, it's pretty un- unbelievable. And, um, he's, he's one of the few guys that's actually lived up to one of these long-term contracts that they signed. So I got one last question for you. I lied to you when I said I had one more <laughs> question for you. Seriously, as a guy who tried to make a living throwing, throwing more strikes than balls, uh, do you like the idea of eventually having the, the balls and strikes, picked basically you know from an electronic umpiring angle i mean if they can if they can get that a little more accurate than it is now i mean i've seen some of the stuff that's coming out about the atlantic league and mm-hmm. and, and some of the videos some of the articles and i don't think it's quite there yep um i mean i think they will get it there but yeah i mean i think i think to me i mean i mean nothing against umpires but a lot of times the more you can take a hu- the human element out of deciding things. If, if you have the ability to measure that accurately, I, I mean, I think that's that's definitely a better way to go. I mean, these guys. I mean, I always thought as a younger player that you kind of had to 
earn earn certain pitches a little yeah. more than other guys did. But I don't especially think you, when you should. Faced, faced yeah. uh, veteran hitters, which I never felt felt really was fair. Yeah. So um, I mean, it's something that I I, I think is going to come to the game, and I mean, I think it's I think I think the game just has to continue to evolve, and I think I think it would kind of make things easier on some of these umpires too. Yep. I totally agree with you. You know, it's interesting, Mike, before we let you go. Uh, it's interesting. We, we always hear the stress, how different or, or the, it's stressed, how different a, a batter's batting average is when the counts two and one versus one and two. And mm-hmm. th- I want you to keep that in mind. Now, when a guy steals a base on video uh, with video replay and he's safe by five feet, but he, his, his, you know, as he's popping up from his slide, he gets off the base by a millisecond, and because the guy keeps his slide, uh, his hand on him, he's called out on video replay. But yet we have the the home plate umpire every night is a different strike zone. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I I I think replay overall is good for the game. I mean, they just seem to kind of work out some of these kinks with it. Um, I mean, I think the players will probably figure out how, how they need to slide so that doesn't continue to happen. But that, that's probably one of the things that I dislike about it the most when that, when those type of those calls that are kind of like, I don't know, the guy was safe, but yeah, that somehow he comes off, off the bag by a millimeter and they just keep the tag on him and they overturn the call because he is, he is out, but it's kind of, he was safe, but you know, the play kind of went through. So I don't know. I mean, I I think replay has been, been a good thing. I mean, there's, it, it, I think it's just got to continue to evolve, and they need to find a way to speed things up where the game doesn't doesn't slow down as much. So I think the ball and strike thing being called electronically is going to end up speeding up the game in ways that people don't understand. I, I really am a strong believer in it. Michael O'Connor has been our guest again. He's a member with me of the uh, Maryland State Athletic Hall of Fame nominating committee. The event coming up November 7th at Martin's West. Uh, again, you can uh, reach, uh, buy tickets at mdsahof.com November 7th. Thanks, uh, Michael, for your time. Thanks for having me, Stan. We'll All right, see you talk soon. to you soon. Okay.